Well, thank you, praise band and choir, for that wonderful music. Uh, there's a lot of bad news today, whether you're talking about Ukraine or the tornadoes in Mississippi or what's going on in Russia or maybe even China. There's a lot of bad news, but I have good news today. Jesus Christ is risen from the dead. Amen. And because of that, yes, let's give... I read a lot, and I read a lot of bad stories, but today I've got a good news story for you, and I want to read it. It comes from the Word of God. The Bible says that it is impossible for God to lie, and God has told us some truths today, and I want to read a good story of good news. In Mark chapter 16, the Bible tells us this. When the Sabbath was over, Mary Magdalene, Mary the mother of James and Salome, brought spices so they might anoint the body of Jesus. Very early on the first day of the week, just after sunrise, they were on their way to the tomb. And they ask each other, who will roll away the stone from the entrance of the tomb? And when they looked up, they saw that the stone, which was very large, had been rolled away. And as they entered the tomb, they saw a young man dressed in a white robe sitting on the right side. And they were afraid. Don't be afraid, he said. You are looking for Jesus, the Nazarene, who was crucified. He has risen. He is not here. See the place where they laid him. But go and tell his disciples. And then the Spirit of God said, and Peter. There's a reason why our Lord wanted Peter to know that he had risen from the dead. The resurrection is the very foundation of what we call the Christian faith. A generation ago, there was a man whose name was Josh McDowell. He was referred to as a Christian apologist. That is someone who defends the tenets of the Christian faith. In this simple statement, he said, there would be no Christianity without the resurrection. The biblical and historical fact of the resurrection is mentioned more than a hundred times in the New Testament. The resurrection is the key that unlocks the door of the mystery that we call death. And so we are here today because all of us know that one day we will die. Even if the Bible did not say it is appointed unto man once to die, and after that there is the judgment, if the Bible did not even say that, we know that we're going to die. There was a survey a number of years ago given to high school students, and they were perhaps pretty honest about what they thought. They said, what is the thing that you fear the most? And they said, death. But death is an appointment. It is an appointment that is given to us by God. 
and we have been late for some appointments, but ultimately we will not be late for the appointment of death. I'm retired and have been for 15 years. Two days ago I had a funeral. Two days from today I will have a fun another funeral. Why? Because it is appointed unto man once to die. O. Henry was a poet who, by the way, grew up in Greensboro, North Carolina. And the story is told that when O. Henry was nearing death, the attending nurse, realizing that this famous short story writer was about to die, and she began to pull the shades down in the room. And this is what he said. He says, don't pull the shades down. I don't want to go home in the dark. Resurrection is about those who know Christ is their Savior. We do not have to go home in the dark. Therefore, we are here today to celebrate the best news that could be offered. Christ the Lord has risen from the dead. It is declared in the New Testament over a hundred times. And we who are the people of God must realize that our Lord saw his disciples not long before he went to the cross and he realized that they were perplexed and alarmed and Jesus said this to them. Do not be afraid. Don't be alarmed. I am going to prepare a place for you. And if I go to prepare a place for you, I will surely come again that where I am, you may be also. He said, don't let your hearts be troubled. If you believe in God, Jesus said, believe also in me. For in my Father's house, there are many rooms, or as the King James says, many mansions. The resurrection is the very foundation and framework of the Christian faith. You said, well, pastor, two weeks ago, you said the cross was the foundation of the Christian faith, and that is true. But when you think about it, the resurrection is God's stamp of approval on Christ going to the cross. For if Christ had not been raised from the dead, the cross would have been meaningless. Many people died on the cross. But Christ is the only one that was raised from the dead. And Jesus said, because I live, you will live also. And he said, I'm going to prepare a place for you. Now those of you who are young, perhaps, you don't think much about death. But let me say to you, just because you're young doesn't mean you're going to live a long time. I've had far too many funerals of young people who died in the very primary phase of their lives. We have to realize that every day, whether you are a believer in Jesus Christ or not, every day is a gift from God and we who are the people of God are thankful that because of Christ, because of the resurrection, because he lives, we do not have to go home 
in the dark. We who are God's people, in fact, I believe that what we have before us, the good news that He is not here, come and see the place where they have laid Him. I believe that the New Testament resurrection is the answer to what Job asked many years ago. By the way, Bible scholars tell us that the oldest book in the Bible is the book of Job. Job asked this question one day. If a man, if a man, if a woman, if a person dies, will he live again? I believe that the reason more people attend church on Easter is because of that question. Now, I grew up in the deep south. You folks here think y'all are in the south. I grew up in Savannah, Georgia. Anything further south, you're out in the ocean. (laughs) But we had a custom, and I don't think you see it as much today, and I did not grow up in a family that had a lot of money, but my mom always saw that her two sons, and then there was a third one late in life, and he was spoiled rotten, but she always got us Easter clothes, and when we would go to church on Easter, we had our Easter clothes, but I don't believe people come to the house of God because of Easter clothes. I believe people come to church, and this Sunday, more people will gather in Christian churches all over the world than any other day in the church calendar, more than Christmas, more than any other day of the church calendar. And I believe the reason is because we want an answer to that question that was posited in antiquity. If a man dies, will he live again? Because I think there is something that is instinctive in each of us that we want to believe that there is more as good as life is. Sometimes, folks, it can be very difficult. I'm speaking to people right today, and you're going through a testing time. You're going through a storm in your life. You perhaps are depressed, or there is some situation in your life that you would not be there if it was left up to you. But you see, the Bible tells us man is born into trouble as the sparks fly upward. And so today, people all over the world gather in houses of worship because we want to know the answer to the question, if a man dies, shall he live again? And we're all going to die. I'm going to die and you're going to die. And then comes the judgment, and therefore, that is the reason the resurrection is the very foundation, yea, even the superstructure of Christian faith. In the human experience, O. Henry said, I don't want to go home in the dark. How different is that from what Socrates who was a philosopher, Socrates drank poison to die. And one of his friends asked him this. He said, shall we live again? 
And Socrates said, I hope so, but no man can really know. Compare that with Robert Ingersoll, who was an avowed agnostic. An agnostic is one who says, there may be a God, but I'm not sure, and I don't think about it. And here's what Robert Ingersoll said. He said, at my funeral, I do not want there to be any singing. Also, the man F. Scott Fitzgerald, I'm sure there are some of you who have read some of his writings, and this is what he said about life. F. Scott Fitzgerald said this, It is desolate and unkind. He's talking about life. It is desolate and unkind to turn the calendar at June and find that December is on the next page. He's talking about the brevity of life. Folks, life, as long as point, is short. My dad died at 53 years of age. My mom lived to be almost 96. And as I was taking care of her, I asked her one day, I said, Mom, has life been short? And she said, life is short. The precious lady that we well, uh, celebrate her birthday at 88, she would say, life is short. I'm 83, old as dirt. But life has been short. I moved to this county when I was 27, and I turn around, I'm 83. Life is short. Now, you young people, you don't really believe what I'm saying, but you live long enough, and you will see that the Bible teaches us about the brevity of life. Life is short. Therefore, we should prepare for eternity because eternity is a long time. That is the reason the resurrection is so very important. That is the reason that in John 11, it was Jesus who said, I am the resurrection and the life. And he that believes in me, though he were dead, yet shall he live. And then he said this, he that believes in me shall never die. You see, folks, for the Christian, for the follower of Jesus Christ, we shall never really die. That is the reason in the New Testament that oftentimes death, uh, sleep is used for death to describe. In fact, the author of Acts, which happened to be a physician called Luke, said that David served the purpose of God in his generation and he fell asleep. And then when Paul was writing in First and Second Thessalonians and in First Peter, when Peter was writing, they referred to the people of God for followers of Jesus Christ not having died, but have fallen asleep. And the reason is, is because those who follow Jesus, those who by His grace, those who have been saved by His grace, we, we do not die, we fall asleep. Because there will be a day when we will be raised from the dead. And Jesus even said to the thief on the cross today, you will be with me in paradise. I believe with all my heart the resurrection is the greatest news that the world can hear. 
That is the reason Paul was passionate about Jesus being raised from the dead. Now, we as Christians may disagree on some things, but we cannot disagree about the resurrection. We may disagree on the manner of baptism. We may disagree. Methodists do not agree with Baptists, and Baptists don't agree with anybody. But the truth of it is we must believe that the resurrection is true. And because of that, Jesus says, because I live, because God raised him from the dead, we shall live also. For those of you who are going through a storm in your life, for those of you who got the news and it was bad, the good news is that we shall live again because God cannot lie. And his son said, because I live, you shall live also. Oh, notice here. And this has always caught my attention. The, the, the angel said to the two Marys, don't be alarmed, don't be afraid. You're looking for Jesus, the Nazarene, who was crucified. He has risen. He is not here. See the place where they laid him and go and tell the disciples. And then he says, and Peter. Now, you, have you ever wondered why he said, and tell, be sure and tell Peter. Well, you remember what happened when Jesus was crucified three days before? You remember Je uh, Peter was, he was one of the disciples that suffered from hoof and mouth disease. He was always talking out of a, a turn. And, and Jesus said, I'm going to go to the cross. And, and Peter said, Lord, you can count on me. He says, as tough as it'll get, I will stick with you. And you remember what Jesus told Peter? He said, Peter, you're going to deny me three times. And Peter didn't believe it, just like some of you here today don't really believe what I'm saying. And then when our Lord was crucified, there was a, a young lady who recognized Peter and said, he's one of the disciples. And Peter said, no, I'm not. I'm not a follower of Jesus. And that happened three times. And Peter felt the guilt of having denied his Lord. And he felt the burden of the one that he had witnessed to raise the dead, who gave sight to the blind, who healed the sick, who spoke in parables. This Jesus, whom he had followed faithfully, and when the tough things happened, Peter denied our Lord. And I believe that one reason that the angel said, go and tell the disciples, and by the way, be sure and tell Peter, because the, our Lord wanted to encourage Peter. Peter, even though you have denied me, I want you to know I love you. Peter, even though you did not stand up for me when the times got really tough, I want you to be sure and tell Peter that I'm alive and because I live, Peter will live also. You see, folks, there have been times in our life when we have, in one way or another, denied our Lord, right? 
Even as followers of Jesus Christ, we don't always get it right. And sometimes we allow our testimony to sag, and there were times when we have, should have stood tall and confessed that we are followers of Jesus Christ, but somehow we have denied the Lord. But yet, because he loved us, he said, be sure and tell Peter. Oh, how easy it is. I remember as a young man, I, uh, I, by the way, I came from a non-Christian home. Uh, my, my mother did not become a Christian, I think, until I was in high school. But there was a godly deacon in our community that invited me to church. And, and I found the Lord as my Savior. And, and uh, I tried to be a servant of the Lord. And I was about 18 years of old, and I was working for a Jewish family in Savannah, Georgia. And it was a big grocery store. It would make Kroger's look like a convenience store. Big. And there was a fellow there who walked up to me, and he said he, he was a retiree. In fact, I even remember his name, and it was about 100 years ago when this happened. He said, Larry, I, I want to tell you a joke. And there was something about it that just did not feel right. And I remember his name was Mr. Box, B-O-X. I said, Mr. Box, if this is a dirty joke, I'd rather not hear it. And all of a sudden, and he was bald-headed like I am now, and his face got red and he turned around and walked away. A few days later, one of my friends of mine, uh, he was about my age, he, he came to me. He said, by the way, he said, Mr. Box came to me and he said, Charles, I am so ashamed of myself. He said, here I am. I'm, I'm a deacon in a Baptist church and I was going to tell Larry Holland a risque joke and he didn't want to listen to it. And I feel so ashamed of myself as a Christian. Folks, there have been times when I and you and all of us have denied our Lord. But our Lord said, because Peter, even though you've denied me, I still love you. Even when we get it wrong, folks, God loves us. I had a discussion this week with a young man whom I love, and we were talking about what salvation is, and and he was saying that it's, it's, it's by God's grace and there's no works that we can do. And he's right. We cannot join the church. We cannot be baptized. We cannot do stuff in order to merit the kingdom of God. Being saved is a gift from God. For by grace are you saved through faith. And that not of yourselves, it is the gift of God, not of works, lest any man should boast. But underpinning all that is that Christ is alive. And even though times are tough, I don't know what will happen in Taiwan. And I don't know if there will be other tornadoes. And I don't know what's going to happen in Washington. And it does seem that there is an increased lawlessness. And you wonder sometimes, the very fabric of our nation is falling apart. And I don't know what will happen, but I know Christ is alive. And one day, if you know Christ, we'll be at home with him. 
Therefore, we have good news. It is the good news of resurrection. Peter, tell Peter, give Peter a second chance. Aren't you glad that God is the God of a second chance? That even when we fail, and so on this Easter Sunday, I say to you as I close, Christ the Lord is risen today. Hallelujah. Black Friday was a dark day. We call it Good Friday. It may be good for us, but it wasn't good for Jesus because he was tortured and spit upon and made fun of and he hung on the cross and he shed his blood and he even said, my God, why have you forsaken me? And he said that in his native tongue, which was Aramaic. But because he died and rose again, that Friday, which was a day of disgrace, a day that he was denied, a day that he was dismissed, but Sunday came and the power of God raised him from the dead. And so we can say of Jesus, he is the resurrection and the life. He is the chief cornerstone. He is the prince of peace. He is mighty God. He is the Lamb of God. He is the Lion of Judah, the Root of David, the Way, the Truth, and the Life, the Son of Righteousness, the Good Shepherd, the Lily of the Valley. Jesus is the bright and morning star. Praise God for the resurrection of Jesus Christ. And so I close with the words that were written by Bill and Gloria Gaither. God sent his son. They called him Jesus. He came to love, heal, and forgive. He lived and died to be my pardon. An empty grave is there to prove my Savior lives. Because he lives, I can face tomorrow. Because he lived, all's fear is gone. Because I know he holds the future. And life is worth the living just because he lives. Aren't you glad today that Christ lives? Let us pray. Father, we thank you for the good news of the gospel. We thank you that Christ the Lord is risen today. We thank you, Father, that all across this county, even across the world, Christians gather. And we celebrate that Christ is alive. And because he lives, we shall live also. In Jesus' name I make this prayer. Amen.